It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. <laughs> We're broadcasting live this morning from the Tuggle Hill Pike Nursery for an enthusiastic, intelligent, very attractive audience here. If you would like to see some people like that, hang out with them for a little while. After they have breakfast with them, you can come by. We have Chick-fil-A biscuits here. We do appreciate our sponsors from Chick-fil-A. We have a way or a contest that you can win an overnight stay at Chateau Elan, which is a great, beautiful, lovely place to go to up in North Georgia. And if you would like to come and register, only the people who come to our remote broadcast today will be eligible to have their name pulled out of the out of the little uh, container that we have over here. So come by, put your name on the list. Maybe you'll win. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is with me this morning. Mickey is wrapped up in a very fuzzy blanket. and <clears throat> A very beautiful blanket. It is a very beautiful blanket <laughs> because it is emblazoned with the name of her favorite college football team, Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tide. So if you would like to bring any of your, your bulldog paraphernalia to, <coughs> to wear this morning at the Pike Nursery, that would be... Oh, goodness. There we are. We in the audience. You're undefended. So 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Let's see our next caller. Let's go down the front here. Joel up in Gainesville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joel. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can we help, uh, Joel? I, I have some work done in my backyard uh, some topsoil being uh, uh, graded, and yeah. uh, I wanted to to seed, but I wanted to see if I could seed anything else besides fescue. Mm, ryegrass, but not Bermuda, not uh, zoysia. They're, the soil just isn't warm enough to get them to germinate and do anything with you, so fescue and ryegrass are about all you have. Huh. Can't no good? Not this time of year. New centipede no. grass needs um, May sometime when the soil temperatures are easily above 65 degrees. So okay. you've got to have warm temperatures for some seeds to germinate. And centipede, zoysia, and uh, Bermuda would fill that bill, but only fescue and rye, the cool season grasses, we call them. Okay. All right. Uh, but sod, if they put down sod, sod is okay, no? Yeah, a sod, fescue sod is fine, sure. Uh, what about centipede. if they put down Bermuda now at this time, or centipede, or zoysia, or something? Was Probably it not centipede side, not zoysia side, but I know a bunch of builders, Mickey, yeah. that use yeah, Bermuda. Yeah, Bermuda. You yeah. could do Bermuda. Yeah, Bermuda side, you have to keep it <laughs> moist during yeah. the wintertime. That's the real real problem is trying to get Bermuda side to do well or thrive in the in the fall and winter. But a lot of developers, as long as they trust their homeowner after they put the side down to keep it just barely moist during the wintertime, and the Bermuda next spring comes up, gangbusters, boom, boom, boom. It's just not going to look like anything right in the wintertime. It's not going to knit together okay. anything yeah. in the wintertime. Okay. Now, if, if I put fescue down now, uh, come in May or something, could I overseed it with uh, centipede or zoysia or something, or no? No, no. The, do rye uh, if you're going to do the that. Rye grass, maybe, but there's just so much competition that. that the other grasses you try to overseed into the fescue are not going to take very well. It might be... I don't know, five years before you get much of anything of those overseeded grasses to come, come up and do anything for you in, in, in the fescue. 
If you so, do rye, though, the rye will die on its own when yeah. it gets hot. Yeah, if you wanted so to, then, then you that's a good strategy. That. Very good strategy. If you wanted to plant ryegrass now, it would germinate. It would come up and look fine during the wintertime. You'll mow it every week during the wintertime. And then in um, late April, maybe, you go out with uh, Roundup or some way of killing all the ryegrass. And then you could lay centipede or Bermuda or zoysia side perfectly then in May. Hmm. All righty. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great let me day. Give you, let me give you one more bit of advice, Joel. Remember that the only time you have to amend and make the soil on which this uh, grass is going to grow, the only time you have to do it is now or before you plant it, before you do your permanent installation. So always think about that red clay dirt back there is not really friendly for sod to live on. So somebody needs to till everything up at some point well, between well, now and I, the permanent grass. I'm being. bringing fill uh, uh, dirt. In like about ten dump trucks, the guy is grading it. Good, and that's Just why I wanted some put some grass before like rain comes and uh, uh, messes up all his uh, grading that he's going to be doing. All right. Well, just make sure that that soil once it's once it's down is good, rich topsoil, okay. not a bunch of clay that somebody in a dump truck got off of a golf course where they're redoing the fifteenth green. So make sure that you're doing doing good with the soil first before you plant anything. All right, thank okay. you, sir. You bet. Thanks All for right. calling. 404 750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Andy is down in McDonough and has a question about her soul. Hey, Andy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you How this can morning? We help? We're great, thanks. How can we help? Well, you and I met at my Master Gardener class here in Henry County um, this past spring. Uh-huh. And I showed you a video of... My front hill, where part of it was growing beautifully, and then there was a line where part of it was not growing at all, mm-hmm. and it had been planted for years. I don't know if you remember. It was a and mystery to me, and I couldn't help you much. I just couldn't figure out what was going on there. Exactly. So. We discussed sun. We discussed the oak tree. Well, I finally decided to do a soil test. And that really enlightened me, because... Well, the pH was 4.5. Ah, acid soil. <laughs> and that would explain yes. why nothing would grow on that side. Why is the soil on the one side of the hill so acid? What's going on there that it would be different from the other side? Well, oddly enough, it wasn't that different. The pH on the side where it was growing was 5. Yeah. Not much. Not much. So no. what are you going to do now? What are you going to do to well, raise the pH? I, the I limed it. Good. It was also deficient in potassium, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium. Um, so I added potash and what else did I add? Organic matter, any kind of organic stuff in there? Yes. Um, I mean, what you're, what you're, the, the situation you're describing for me, Andy, is what I'm worried that our previous caller, Joel up in Gainesville, is going to run into, too, if he does not do something <laughs> on that clay soil or with the soil that's brought in. Because, again, like I told him, you only have one time to make sure the soil is perfect before you plant something, and afterwards you're sort of playing catch-up. And you're, in a sense, playing catch-up right now because you're having to apply lime after the hillside has been planted and adding the potassium and the phosphorus and things like that that the soil test said for you to use. So the question that I'm answering right now is, yes, go ahead and do whatever you need to do, but you make the soil right before you plant grass anymore on that hill. Exactly. And it's caused me to look at areas where I can't get anything to grow there. And think that could be a pH problem. Yeah, sure. It sure could. So should I go ahead and do a soil test so I know exactly or just 
lime everything. I, um, I think I would do the soil test before you lime. And okay. the soil test that you did, how long ago did that happen? Um, it's probably been a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe six weeks. And since nothing's really growing much, yeah. I can't say that I've seen a big improvement. If, if you do a soil test now, and I'm thinking logically, if you do a soil test now, really and truly, it's not going to be representative of how the soil is going to be in a year or two when you're looking for some results on, the, on changing the pH. So my inclination is actually to say don't do a soil test now. Do do your lime. Wait another six months and do a soil test then to see how much more lime you might need to raise the pH on the, on the bad part of the hill. I think that doing a soil test now is probably not going to be very useful. Okay, so wait until spring and then see where I stand. What spring, midsummer, yeah, anytime in the next okay. next year and a half would be fine with me. Now, the gentleman that you just spoke to about grass, I've had um, fill dirt put in some areas. Uh-huh. And I want to plant hydrangeas and several other things. How much topsoil do I put on in the whole area or do I amend each hole? I think you sh- if it's shrubbery and flowers and things like that, then amending the whole area makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. I got to go, though. Much, so How many inches? Uh, well, a couple, three, four, maybe. would be fine. Till it in. Till it into everything there, sure. and that'll make the soil very nice and very productive. Thank you very much, Walter. It's great talking to you, Andy. Thanks for calling. Tommy is in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Tom, hey, good morning. We only have about a couple of minutes here, so let's go and get her done. Hey, Tom. Real quick, my friends, I've got a mole. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Your dermatologist would be the right place. <laughs> man, he just keeps coming under the bench. Oh, man. Uh, so wh- you say you have a mole. How do you know it's one mole? How do you know it's not a family of moles in the yard? Well, the tunnels they got, it may be a herd of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't uh, have... I don't have great news for mold control. It's something that I can stand behind 100% and say, oh, yeah, you do this, and all the moles in the yard are going to be gone. Honestly, I have said before that if you're not too terribly afflicted by them, stomping down the tunnels and making a move to Mickey's Gasway's house yeah, would be yeah. would be fine for me because all the poisons and the traps and the various windmills and things like that don't seem to work all that well. And if I can't just stand behind something that really does work, it's back to just stomp down the tunnels and drive them away. What do you think? I think it helps if you'll get rid of their food source. Which is grubs, earthworms. Moles eat meat. Voles eat vegetation, (laughs) moles eat meat. And so they're eating the grubs and things like that. Yeah, but I don't think you can poison the earthworms very readily. I think it's more grubs usually than Yeah, I don't know there's enough grubs. All right, again, I'm going to go back to stomping it down. That's what I think (laughs) ought to be done rather than trying to put any poisons out there, Tom. Well, the people, my neighbors think I'm dancing out in the yard. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> change your reputation. You just never know what will happen. Somebody I will. worked hard to get this reputation off. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, as far as I know, you still will. And tell your neighbor, put a sign up and say, I am not crazy. And walk around your front yard. <laughs> Tommy, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. 404-872-0750 <laughs> is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after this. Monday in Atlanta's Morning News. Jamie Dupree's in Washington getting ready for Hillary Clinton's appearance in front of the House Select Committee on Benghazi. 
and how many chilly nights are coming in Kirk Mellish's five-day forecast. Monday morning on WSB and the WSB Radio app. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A beautiful, bright, sunny day. It's going to be very nice this afternoon. Not real hot, though. Only in the mid to upper 60s, maybe, and overnight lows in the mid-40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on Newstalk 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And comes to the phone right now. Joseph is in Houston, Georgia, and has a question about gardening. Joseph, hey, good morning. Joseph? <laughs> I think Joseph has gone away, but Hello. Joseph, we talk. Hey, hey, man, how are you? Hey, hey, guys. Um, I had a fill line uh, for the septic tank in my backyard. Uh, the area is about 100 by 50, and I had um, all, it, all it is right now is uh, red clay. Yeah. But I've been hearing, sounds like I need to get a, like a dump truck full of fill dirt or uh, topsoil. Yeah. And spread it out. And fill it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I have horses. I didn't know if that'd be better for me to do fescue and uh, winter wheat or something like that, or rye or. Uh, yeah, the fescue is fine, but horse planting the right kind of fescue for horses is a very special situation. So, frankly, I'm going to ask you go to my website and look up the the information I have there, Joseph, about how to plant a fescue pasture for horses in particular, because uh, certain kinds of fescue can be damaging to horse digestion, and you need to get the right kind of stuff out there. So, rather than going to that whole uh, process of which one to use go to my website type in fescue horses in the search line and that should give you the information you need about which kind of fescue you'd plant for them all right as the guys have a great day all right then Thank thanks you. for calling this is that music behind them what was is it here it's the nursery that some of the squeaky squeaky back here mickey I'm hearing a squeaky, squeaky sound somewhere like oh, somebody's oh, on the on the uh, on the swing back oh, behind oh, us. This is Lawn and Garden. We're at Pike Family ne- Pike Nursery, I should say, <laughs> at Tocco Hill this morning. Come by and see us. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I wish I could take this audience with me to the studio. <laughs> no, aren't so they great? <laughs> We're broadcasting live this morning from the Toco Hill Pike Nursery before an enthusiastic crowd. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is here with me. We're answering garden questions during the breaks. Having a great time visiting with the folks here. But if you can't join us and get a Chick-fil-A biscuit, you can always call 404 872 50. We're here to answer questions. Pike Nursery is a great sponsor, as well as the people who come only here this morning will have their names entered into our contest for the Chateau Elan uh, getaway. They'll be up in North Georgia. Let's go to the phones. Who have we got coming up next here? Rochelle, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Rochelle's in Lawrenceville. Hey, Rochelle, good morning. It's actually Michelle with an M, but it's okay. Michelle, <laughs> my bell. How can we help you this morning, Michelle? Um, I have a very old bed of iris that I have taken for granted, and it's now telling me that I've been mean to it. Um, <laughs> I had poor blooms this past season, mm-hmm. 
and um, they're definitely riding up out of the dirt, and now the crabgrass has come in and taken over as well. So I'm trying to figure out when and what is the best thing to do to try to restore my graces with my iris. <laughs> this would be a great day mm, to uh, dig yeah. irises today. Today's the day. you got to do it today, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> dig up that bed, get all the iris roots and everything out of it, pull all the crabgrass and anything else you don't like in that bed. Put some soil in them and dig it in real good. But and no manure. Viruses. No manure, right. No but manure. Go, yeah. No manure, but some of the soil conditioner and things that Pike sells. And uh, just dig it up, make it nice and soft, and then plant those uh, iris roots back in it. Today is a great day to do it. And if any of them look holy, I'm sorry. If any of them look holy or not good, be sure and throw those away. Yeah. Just save the good ones. Yeah, iris borers get into them. That's why Mickey said don't put the manure on there because manure seems to attract and bring in iris borers, and you don't want that, obviously. No, that sounds great. Well, wonderful. I'm glad I called. <laughs> How many different species of iris do you have? Um, at least eight to ten. A different, those would be varieties that have names Variety. attached to them. But there, there are other kinds of irises I really think you'd have fun with if you have a chance to go to a nursery and buy some today and plant them in that same bed. But there's Siberian iris, there's Japanese roof iris, there's various kinds of iris that are as, as nice as the bearded iris that it sounds like you have. I do, and then I do have some of the um, the Japanese iris. I have those yeah. in a nice separate bed. They're yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. Great, beautiful, great beautiful plants. Flowers. They're love them, love them, love them. And Georgia, is the Georgia Iris Society still around? I think they are. Oh, no. I remember uh, a year ago getting some notes from their uh, big meeting that they had. So if you're very interested in the Georgia Iris Society, you can Google the name and see if there are people like you who, who love their irises. That's a great idea. I, I try to keep them up in memory of my grandmother who had the uh -huh. most amazing irises. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be sure and plant them shallow, too. They yeah, don't want to sure be planted right on deep. Top of the soil. Yes. Rochelle, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Let's see. You're fine. Oh, it's Michelle. Excuse me. <laughs> Michelle, great for calling. Thanks for calling. Sherry's out in Snellville, and Sherry joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sherry, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We are great. A little chilly, but other than that, we're fine. Mickey's little blanket is gradually coming off of her body as she warms up this morning. How can we help? I have two um, hydrangea bushes that I planted two years ago, so this is the second season that they bloomed. Yeah. They did not do well. They're still very small, um, they, but at least they both bloomed. They had three blooms each, um, but the bloom never got bigger than maybe eight inches yeah. wide. Uh, no, I take that back. That's that's too much. Four inches wide. <laughs> they and then they just stayed there, and then obviously they just one was blue, one was pinkish brownish. Uh, I tried turn. I tried doing you know using different soil amender to make it blue, yeah. but they just anyway they didn't do well. So how much did you feed them? Did you fertilize very much or not, Sherry? I only did it in the spring. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to do a little more fertilization for next year. Wintertime was a big thing that caused a lot of folks not to have bloom one on their hydrangeas. Yeah. So if you had a couple, you had more than some people did. But I think that the key probably is just feeding, fertilizing correctly, and giving them a real spurt of growth in the springtime so they can make more flowers for the next uh, blooming season. Okay, so when, when should I cut down my hydrangea? If they're the mop head type, we don't prune them until after they bloom next year. Because they're making right now, they're making their bloom buds, they've made them, they're on top of the stems. If you do much of any pruning, you're going to cut off your bloom buds for 2016. Uh, okay. 
Okay, because I don't even really know what variety I have. I mean, there's ah, that is always a clue. If you want to, if you have leaves still on the hydrangea uh, yeah. plants, maybe even have a bloom, you could bring it into a pike, and they could tell you immediately what you have. Okay, and then they would know when I need to prune it. Exactly, but Perfect. most likely, if you have one of the mop head hydrangeas, that my advice of doing it next year after the flower, that's that's when you prune them. So you, when do you fertilize them? Spring, obviously. Yeah, when the and leaves are just beginning to open up in the spring, sometime early April, late March, maybe. Uh, that's that's the best time it. to fertilize them. Yeah. Do you do it any other time? You know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings because I've told you to f to feed it and try to help get more growth on it. It wouldn't hurt me to go another time in Juneish, maybe mid June or next year. Oh, okay, okay, awesome. All right. Uh, thank you. Sherry, thanks for calling. Tim's up in Kennesaw. Tim joins us on Lawn and Garden with a question about the Japanese maples. Tim, hey, good morning. Good morning. Morning. How can we help? Uh, I've got some Japanese maples that I've been in a holding pen for several years, and they've grown past the they're in they were in pots, but the, they're way past the pots now. What's the best time <laughs> for me to dig them up and move them? Right now. Yeah. Right now. Well, we've been advertising great-looking weather this afternoon and tomorrow. Right now this is the right good. answer. Yeah. Perfect great. time. Perfect time. Yeah. It's so enjoyable yeah. to host a radio show, Mickey, where you can tell other people to do hard work and you don't have to do anything. That's right. Just Isn't that here fun? In front of the microphone. <laughs> yeah, hard work. Dig big areas. It's like having a lot of husbands. Sort of like that. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, Tim, today's the day. Take them out of the pots, put them in the landscape, dig a big wide area, you know, five, six feet wide. The roots can spread out in pretty rapidly next season, and they should be fine. Okay. Even though these, these, these Japanese maples have now gotten to be about eight, nine feet tall. Well, they're in a pot. You've got the full root system uh, inside that pot. And be sure to untangle things. I mean, if there are lots yeah. of round and around roots in there, try to spread them out, make them go in different directions uh, from the right. way they were going round and around. Also, in the pot. if the roots have come out the bottom, oh, yeah, you need to be huh? sure and, and cut those yeah. so you won't, you know, rip them. Cut them off. Okay, yeah, they've come, they've come out the bottom, and they're, they're probably several feet deep out the bottom. <laughs> they've been there for. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. Again, my pleasure is telling him to do all the things <laughs> that he has to do to get him out of there. Uh, so, Tim, I mean, might as well grab the bull by the horse and get her done today or tomorrow. Okay. And try some root starter on that, too. Um, that'll help put some root growth on it because you're going to lose some of those roots yeah. when you plant it. So it'll put root growth without putting top So you're talking sure start, the EB sure start? Sure start. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Something with some phosphorus in it. Yeah. All righty. Thank you very much. Tim. All right, man. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750, the number on lawn and garden. If you've got any kind of garden question about your lawn or your flowers or your trees or your garden or your vegetables or anything else, you can call right this minute. Speaking of 404, let me repeat it one more time. 404-872-0750. And speaking of vegetables, Mickey, have you planted your cool season crop? What you plant? I've got collards and I've got broccoli. And I've got um, cabbage. I've got a little bit of uh, red cabbage. Yeah. And I've got turnip greens. And I've got spinach. And I've got lettuce. And did you plant all those from seed or did you no. get the little seeds? No, I did the uh, cold crops, the, the broccoli and the uh, collards and the cabbage from plants. Right. And then I planted the... Uh, um, the spinach. The, the spinach and, and yeah. the lettuce yeah. and the uh, uh, turnip greens, which I planted two 
thick. My, <laughs> I had a bunch of them and thought just did them out there. And my memory of turnip greens is that we had chicken houses. I grew up on a mm-hmm. chicken farm, you know, in Fayette County. And we have these long, 100, 200 maybe, well, 100 feet long chicken houses. And the front is open because you know, the air comes in and out of the chicken house during the day. But also what comes on the air are the pieces of feathers and chicken manure and dust and things like that. And so all of this sort of debris would accumulate around the front edge of the of the chicken house. And my dad, every, I guess it was around September, middle of September, would plant turnip greens there. It was the most amazing production oh, of turnip greens you've ever bet. seen in your life. They would be in the ground and up to six inches tall in two weeks. They would be enormous turnip <laughs> greens, and it was a common thing to say, go up and pick a mess of turnip greens so we can have, have them for lunch or for supper or something like that. But he certainly had the best turnip greens in Fayette oh, County. Oh, he did. He was, was awesome. <laughs> What else? So all these plants, you know, they're going to take uh, for a while to, to yeah. grow and to be something that you can that you Yeah, can, uh, and I really from. fertilize them. I, I think really broccoli and cabbage and um, all, all those, and broccoli, cabbage, collards. Yeah. Um, if you do Brussels sprouts or um, uh, cauliflower, either, all of those need a real heavy feeder. Yeah, so be sure them. and keep them fertilized. Keep them fed. All right, let's go back to the phones. Brenda's out in Noonan, Georgia, and she joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brenda. Um, Ooh, Brenda, are you listening to me or are you listening to your radio? Oh, I'm listening to you. I don't have the radio on. Okay, great. How can we help? I'm not getting a great signal. Let's get the question out so we can answer it before the signal goes away. Okay, I have a pomegranate tree. And um, it's it's in a pot and it's about four feet tall. And I need to know what to do with this winter. Not much. Pomegranates generally will come through a winter okay, a real severe winter. If we got down to 5 degrees, maybe 10 degrees, pomegranates would get frozen pretty badly. She but said it was in a pot, though. Yeah. Oh, is it in a pot, did you say, Brenda? Yes, it's in a pot. I put it in the basement last year. Oh, well, that'd be fun. We just forgot about it, brought it back out in the spring, and it, it's done beautifully. Um you know, this, this past season, the summer and everything, but I don't know what to do with it now. Should I put it in the ground? Well, uh, I wish you'd put it in the ground in the spring. would yeah, have been a better time. Yeah. Probably. I think for the time being, you can prune it back a little bit to make it the right size to bring back inside, but all my warnings about low temperatures and things like that are not true anymore because you can move it around if you have to. Um, so I think Mickey's probably right. Planting it now might give it a little more damage than I'm comfortable with during the wintertime. Maybe early spring, late March, maybe would be a good time to take it out of the pot and put it outside. Okay, so it's fine to stay outside down to what degree? I would say down to below free. If it mm-hmm. looks like, if Kirk says, man, it's going to be 25 degrees yeah. tonight, I would think about bringing it in then. Okay, and when you bring it in, do you water it? I think I didn't. I, I didn't smell. touch that thing last last winter. And if it, it has, cold. if it has leaves on it, a little bit of water, but you're not trying to keep it soggy or really, really moist or anything like that. Just a little bit of water, maybe you know, ten ice cubes on top of the pot. Let them gradually drip, drip, drip down into the soil. That would work, but uh, not a lot of water. Certainly inside. Okay. Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks for calling, Kathy. See you soon. 404-872-0750. The number will be back after this. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a gorgeous day for doing gardening. I'm telling everyone in our audience here at Toco Hill Pike that they should go out and garden while I go take a nap this afternoon. But if you want to garden, you need to know the weather. It's going to be in the mid to high 60s today, a very, very sunny, pleasant day outside. Overnight lows in the mid to high 40s, I'm guessing. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Let's see who's on the phone. we got... Uh, uh, Kathy's in Gwinnett County has a question about hydrangeas. Kathy, hey, good morning. Oops. There's Kathy. Kathy, are you there? We have missed Kathy. What about Kathy, 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 one more time? Well, let's give away the weekend prize pack, Mickey. You can help us with that. All right. <clears throat> we'll be giving away the weekend prize pack. Ashley Frasca will think of a number between two and seven to determine who wins a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game. That's fun to go see. A pair of tickets to see Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits in concert October 24th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. Ashley, which caller is going to get this prize? Caller number five. Caller number five, work it on, 404-741-0750. Dial carefully, get to see Mark Knopfler and the Atlantic Gladiators. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Toco Hill Pike Nursery, having a great audience. A little bit of food still left for them here from the Chick-fil-A folks. We do appreciate that. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is here as well. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Keeps me free. The sounds around me in these high people. 